if you think about Jesus, everything he did was to give people promises and which he delivered to. As businesses, we're not paying attention. We're not paying attention of our customers. People out there must let go of the idea of, I must do what I studied at school. Hi, Genius. Welcome to yet another amazing episode of Access Genie, the podcast that opens the doors to success in the world of entrepreneurship. We're coming to you live from the Cliffside Boutique Getaway, a spectacular secluded getaway right in the heart of Northcliffe for business and pleasure. My name is Ansela Numbeo, and today we're bringing you such an impactful conversation. If you're an entrepreneur or in business or even part of a team within a corporate space, the important thing is sales because a business that doesn't make sales cannot survive. And to have this impactful conversation, obviously I had to bring in the top dog in the space. His name is Temba Sales. He's amazing. He's a customer services coach. He understands the world of entrepreneurship and how you can make your customers believe even you, your product, and most importantly, buy into it. His company, Sell Smarter, is huge. doesn't just operate in South Africa. You can find them in Lesotho, Botswana, Namibia, Tanzania, Kenya, Ghana, and the list continues to grow. So grab your cup of coffee or water or whatever it is that you need because this is not something you want to miss. Thank you so much, Temba, for joining us. Thank I you for having me. You. Thank you so much. I am so interested in knowing so much about you and what you do. And the first thing, when I gave your intro, I said, Temba Sales. Your original last name is Nkuna, but you go by sales for a specific reason. And I think that's really important and impactful because you're talking to your life and who you are and what you're about. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What I came about is because of my passion for sales. Um... I'm one of those who were crazy enough to start selling at, at age seven. Uh, now, well, how that came about was my mother used to work for a bakery. Uh, grew up in Limpopo, Palabura. Um, so I, at the time I was doing my standard one. And she used to come back home with like the leftovers, you know, the cakes, the icing, those things from the bakery. But my favorite was the icing because it was sweet. You know, kids and sugar, they go together. But I had so much of this thing to a point that I didn't want to see it anymore. It was also a turning point of my life because that was a time when my sales angel kind of dawned on me to say, don't hate this thing. It can make you money. I didn't understand that. and I'm trying to process it as, as, as a seven-year-old. Okay, I can sell this thing. At the time, I know nothing about entrepreneurship. I don't know the word entrepreneurship, but I know something about business. Because in the village, there's this old man, you know, who's always dressed nice, in suits, who's always driving that barky, who's got a couple of shops around. He's always busy, this man. Everyone knows him. It sounds like he's doing business. This, it looks like this man is actually in business. So maybe it's, also, it's actually selling something. So let, let me try to sell this thing and see how far it will take me. That's where my passion for sales started. 
put this thing in a in a, in a container, right? All I needed to start my business was a, was, was a spoon. That's all I needed. Because, I mean, the stock is here. The icing is here. My mother just keeps, just keeps coming back with this thing. It's here. So all I needed was a, was a container and a spoon. Following day, put that together, grab my spoon. We're in business. Guys, I'm selling this nice thing. It's so nice. It's so sweet. You'll love it. 20 cents a spoon. Packaging? No. How did we sell it? Just bring your hand. We, we put the icing here, you eat. Done. <laughs> Nothing complicated about this business, right? But something amazing happened was the demand was becoming too much. During my break time, there's kids outside my class, they're waiting for me, they want this thing. So now I'm running out. So how, what do I do? We need to recruit now. Right? We need to set up some HR department where <laughs> we're taking in CVs. <laughs> These young kids who wants a job. <laughs> you know? Who wants to sell this thing with me, boys? And my friends were open to it. Okay, we'll sell with you. So that's how we expanded our operation. What I call today our icing sugar operation. Right? Because now I was saving other kids sell with me. I was teaching them how to, you know, how to how to how to package this thing. Uh, and I knew exactly how much that two liter, uh, uh, you know, that, that ice cream tub thing that we, we used to bundle this thing in. Uh, I knew exactly how much it it must make. To say if you sell this thing after school, we're meeting at my house, right? And we 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 actually, uh, you know, checking today's progress, and we expanded into other schools as well. You know, there are different primary schools which we had in the village. So there was also you know, other kids in those schools selling this thing. And after school, we met at my house to actually track today's performance and all those type of things. So what follows there is just sales you know, um, throughout my career. My, my, my father was working at the mines, the first coal mine in Palabora. So he used to come home as well. It seems like I was lucky to have parents who were just bringing things back home, you know. My father was, was bringing back empty drums of oil. You know, in the mines, they use like oil, like those, those big drums. So once they, once they finished, the mines just throws them away because they've got no need for them. So my father would, would take one or two, bring them home so we can use for, uh, for water, you know, to store water in, the, in these things. So he was coming with more, but he didn't know what to do with them because, I mean, we've got like now 10 drums and this, this water everywhere. What do you do with this thing? No, man. I remember there's people in the village that sell traditional beer. You know? And maybe this water problem also, it's not just our problem. Other people in the village, they also have water problems. That's when we started the door-to-door -door selling. Age nine. Uh, doing my standard three now. So, go door-to-door. -door. Do you need a drum? For you to store water, I have one. Can sell you one for twenty-five rands, you know. And I was getting this thing at no cost, basically. So once I started the possibility of, once I started seeing the possibility of sales, that's when I, I loved it more. And I'll share with you exactly um, how that now uh, translated to where I am right now. Um. Watching you tell the story and I'm seeing the smile in your face and the enthusiasm. And it's really fascinating for me that at such a young age, you had the insight to see possibilities. I was thinking about the kind of things my mom used to bring when I was a kid 
as well growing up. My mom was a nurse, worked at the hospital, and she would bring like bandages and things like that that we always had at home. But not once did I think about selling any of those things or turning any of those things into a business, which means there was some sort of intuition that you had to be able to spot an opportunity and say, this can be turned into a business. Where did that come from? Do you remember when it started? Was it a particular point in time in your life? Or was it something that's just innate within you? (sighs) My father's side. I come from a family of business people. Right? So I like to believe that I've got something running in my in my blood that is about business. If I think about it, you know, most of my, you know, uh, my brothers and sisters, they are people who are in business. So I, I, I would like to believe that it's something that runs through the family, especially from my father's side, like I'm saying. You know, because when I, when I look at most people, these are people who are running their own businesses. Um, it wasn't a moment for me where someone taught me about business, a moment where someone told me about business. It was just an, a moment that actually, and this is why I like to describe that that moment when I was a seven-year-old as my sales angel kind of, you know, <laughs> activating something in me. Um, that's, that, that's the time for me where this this entrepreneurship, this business thing actually kicked off, uh, now we, how it started. So I'm also one who... I'm a person who likes solu- looking for solutions, right? And what I mean by that is I always believe, I always believe there's opportunities out there. I always believe there's a, there's, there's a solution to your problem out there. I also believe there's, there's, there's money out there. I, I, I don't like operate from a scarcity mindset. I always believe there's abundance, like, like so much. There's, 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 there's plenty of everything. Only if you are prepared to go out there, right? There's, there's plenty of things, man, just in abundance. And if you just put your mind to it and be prepared to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty, you'll definitely get rewarded for that. So I, I, I think that's, that's what actually, you know, was going through, you know, um, through me the time when I was now falling in love with the selling thing. Because I, I and, and, and look, there's one, there's one point I have to mention. Once you start seeing how easy it is to sell something and, and, and in exchange for money. You don't stop. And I love that you come from a, an abundance mindset because it talks a lot to mindfulness and how hustling and doing stuff from a young age can change you. I go to the Seventh-day Adventist church and one of the things that we are taught and is always said all the time, they say, give me a child from the time they are born until they are seven because that's when their mindset is 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 built that's when their passion is discovered that's when their character is built and did that play a role in your life because you were doing so much when you were so young did it impact your mindset and how mindful you are in today's world of entrepreneurship yeah most definitely i mean like I've, like i said you know once you once you stretch your mind it hardly goes back to its original form Right, and once you achieve a certain level, you want to, you want to go for the next level. You see what I mean? 
uh, once you achieve one level of success, the question that becomes, what's next? And that's why I'm saying for me, when I was then seeing these possibilities, the question was always, what's next? Okay, so how, what, what do I do next? How do I grow next? How do I expand next type of a thing? You see what I mean? And this is why, you know, uh, from age seven till where I am right now, my life has been followed by sales. It has been followed by selling something in any market, in any condition, in any region for that matter. And I'll cut the long story short and say to you, when I was at university, um, I was at the University of Pretoria. On my second year, something happened in the afternoon where my sister asked me to drive her to her friend's place to pick up uh, something. I said, okay, it's fine, I'll drive with you. So I drove her to the place. When we got there, I found that what, what she was picking up was detergents, like your, like your, like your pine gel, your multi-purpose, bleach, uh, those type of things. So her friend actually owned a machine which manufactured those things. So my, my sister was not buying from the shops, was, she was buying directly from, from this lady. And I said, I can sell this thing. I can actually sell this thing. That's when I started selling detergents, right? So whenever I had like, you know, um, free days, you know, from, from varsity, I'm not attending class and stuff, I was on the street selling. What was, what was I doing? door-to-door selling. I'd approach any restaurant, or approach anyone and say, this is what I'm selling, and I can supply these things um, for you guys. And I remember the time I was supplying, so I was, I was supplying restaurants, because these guys, they need these things. They need like your, like your pine gel to, to wash the, the floors, all these type of things, you know? So <laughs> that's, the, that's the business actually which, which, which made my university days fun. Because I was, I was always making cash. I was always making cash, you know. Uh, so <laughs> it was it was quite interesting because, you know, um, I actually recruited friends once again at university. <laughs> I feel like I'm big on recruiting people, you know. Uh, once I see something working, I, I want a team to say, guys, let's go to market, let's do this thing. So I got a couple of my friends joining me. Uh, you know, let's let's identify people that we know. It could be our family members as well. Let's go sell this thing to them. So we're building our pipeline, you know, uh, just like that. Mm. Yeah. And that makes sense. Talking about your post-university career, I know that when you graduated, you went and worked for Stetsa for a little bit of time. I and did. then you moved back home to Limpopo to start a, a gravestone <laughs> business with, with, your, with a friend of yours. <laughs> of course, I've done my research. Is that background? <laughs> <laughs> this is the journalist in me coming. There's nothing I don't know about you. I know it all. Wow. <laughs> So yeah. my interesting, the interesting thing that I want to get out of you from that journey, you went back to Lumpopo to start this business with a friend, but then about two years later or so, you came back to Johannesburg yeah. to, to yeah. start again. What kind of lessons did you learn there and what made you shift from that business to come back here to start afresh? Okay, let's, let's, let's start it from when I left Stats, right? Um, it was becoming too much for me. And I remember my, my manager sat me down like this. And he said, you have to decide what you want to do. Why? Because most of the time he was looking for me at my desk. I was not there. I was out, I was out delivering stock. 
I would be sitting at the office, a client calls me from wherever, they say, we need five buckets of pine gel. <laughs> I drop everything and leave. I drop everything and, and, and went to deliver, and my manager is looking for me, I'm not there. A couple of times. So he, he sat me down one day, he said, look, I think you need to make up your mind what you want to do. So I thought about it. In fact, that was on my first year of, of, of SSA. And I think the mistake I made was to tell my parents that I'm, I'm planning to quit by the end of the year. And it, was, it, it didn't sit well with them. No, you can't do this. We've paid so much money for you, for university, all these type of things, you know, all this, uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. What are you gonna do? You know, things are hard out there. And, and sometimes, you know, listening to, listening to people and also your parents, uh, you end up starting to listen. Because I mean, if your parents are telling you something, you, you, in, in, in your world, like your, your, your parents should be the, the people that you listen to. So I listen to them, say, hey, you know, maybe my parents, they're right. Maybe I shouldn't quit this thing. What am I gonna do well? You know, it starts making sense, you know? And this is why sometimes listening to people's opinions, opinion, it's not, it's, not, it's not a good thing. Sometimes you just have to follow your gut, right? And, 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 and just go for it. So my first year, okay, I didn't quit. Second year, I'm, I'm back there. But something inside me says, no, man, you have to do this thing, you know? There's, there's, that, there's that thing inside me, there's that, there's that calling inside me, there's something that's, that's calling me, you know? It's like it's, there's so much noise inside me. Even, even in the morning when I wake up and I have to go to work, I'm just dragging myself because my mind is not on this thing. My mind is not here. So on my, on my second year, what I did was I now became smart. And I said to my parents, no, this guy is determining my contract. <laughs> I said, I've got, I've got a situation here. This guy is determining my contract. And they went, right? Because I went to my manager and said, what? I said, I'm leaving. I'm going to go out there and find Temba. I'm going I'm to go out there and, and create my world. And to, to that point, I think also what I was thinking of was that what most of us forget is that we're living on borrowed time. And what I mean by that is every morning, you know, you're getting closer to your end. So the question is, how do you want to live your life? Right? Do you want to take those shots? Do you want to take those risks? That's, that's what was going on in my mind to say, I'm not going to live a life of regrets, you know. And at the time, I remember I was listening to so many motivational speakers, man. And sometimes it can be dangerous in a good way, though. Because these guys, they'll, they'll, they'll inspire you, they'll get your thinking going. And, 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 and I remember, I can't remember whether it was Les Brown or, um, I can't remember who it was, right? Or Dr. Miles, I can't remember who it was. Someone said, you know, most people's regrets is when they're on their deathbed, you know? Because now they're thinking of all those missed opportunities and stuff. And when I heard that, I was like, mm, that's not gonna be me, right? And someone else said, you see in life, Take that step, right? Because if it works, then you're fine. But it doesn't work, then you learn. You get my point? So just take that step, because if, if there's only two things which is gonna happen. It's either it, it works or it doesn't work. But if it works, then, then we're fine. And it doesn't work, then you've learned. It means you can do what? You can improve, you can try again. And what maybe most people don't have is the ability to want to try again. First attempt doesn't work, we run back home. We retreat, like that dog 
with a tail on its legs. Right? But the mentality of an entrepreneur and a salesperson is one that actually nurtures resilience to say, where did I go wrong? How do I improve? And I'm one, I'm a person who believes in there's no way a person can put their mind to something and not achieve it. I'm crazy like that. I don't believe a person can put their mind to something and not achieve it. It's not possible. If you put your mind to something, wake up every morning, dedicate your time, energy, resources, sweat, blood, tears, everything to this thing. It's going to happen. It's bound to happen. So now I left stats. Um, I wanted to now to get into, I wanted to get in, in, into the business of, uh, uh, you know, de developing people to think right because I'm big on mindset. So I used to host these seminars around, you know, how, how to nurture the right mindset, positive thinking, all those type of things. Because I was inspired by the likes of, like, like I said, your Les Brown, you know, Dr. Miles, uh, and, 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 and other people. So I was really wanting to become a speaker as well, to, to speak live to people, to say where you are is not your end. It's possibly the beginning. And, and you need to embrace that, you know, work with that and create something out of it, right? And it's a situation of like, you know, when, when life deals you lemons, make lemonade type of a mindset, right? So I used to use these seminars, but you know, anything that when you start something, it, it's very hard. I remember when Tyler Perry said, when he started this comedy thing, I can't remember, he said, I think, I think about six people or something like that, only his close family members came through, but people didn't come, people didn't show up. So it's, it's, it's the same thing, and people must have that patience to understand that when you start something, you must get into a battle. And if there's anyone out there who doesn't understand that we're in a battle, I would like to recommend to them that they start understanding that, because when you start, you need to fight. So, so I started this thing, I had a bit of savings, now my savings are running out, because I'm not making like the money I wanna make from this thing to sustain my lifestyle in Pretoria. And what, what must happen now? I need to pack my bags and go home to start from scratch. There's a song by Peter Tosh I like so much, you know, it's, it's start all over again. Pick myself up, dust myself, and start all over again. So I had to start all over again, and that's why I went home. Uh, this means now when I'm 23. So I'm sitting with a friend in Limpopo, Palabora, and I'm looking for something to sell, because I'm sales. And this is why timber sales. You ask the question about why this timber sales thing? Because I'm sales. Me and sales are one. You can't take sales out of, you know, uh, out of me, and you cannot take me out of sales. Where me and sales are one thing. So when I was in Limpopo, I asked myself the question, oh, but what can we sell here? Okay, so I'm sitting with this guy, and I asked him that question. Look, I need, I need, to, I need money. Um, right now, I'm not making money. What can we sell? This guy said to me, no, I used to work for this lady, you know, she was selling tombstones. Yo, that lady was making money. <laughs> and the following day, I had a tombstone business. <laughs> so that's how, that's how it started. So, so, so we started selling this tombstone thing, right? And we had to think fast. So how do we move it? So these uh, women who, 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 who come together, you know, and create like societies. Those were our partners. We had to now think of a distribution channel first. How do we penetrate the market first? Okay, there's these women who come together once a month. 
They contribute some money. They do things and all those type of things. Let's win these people. So we're seeing them everywhere. Going there, introducing ourselves with, with the... With, with the with the book with the that had like the different stones mm. a brochure of sorts a brochure of sorts yeah, yeah definitely yeah that's the word so we said to these women this is what we do we're looking for reseller partners all you have to do is take this book right sell to the people that you know for every sale you make we'll give you 10% our phone started ringing I've got a cousin, where, 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 they're looking for a stone. Because people now want that 10%. I mean, if you sell a stone for 10,000 rands, you, you have like 1,000 rands. And, and people wanted money. You see what I mean? So, so our phone started ringing. We opened an, we opened an office. Uh, and, and we had now employees. These are guys who now, uh, these are women uh, and, 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 and men who are now selling, selling these things. I was starting to come back, you know, the first bucky, I bought my second car uh, in Avanza, and I put that car to like to transport the mine stuff. The bucky was now we are using the bucky for the, for the, for the stones, the installations, you know. So the only reason that business didn't work was because of partnerships. So that's what kind of kicked me out of the business. But I'll tell you one thing for effect: when I left that business, we're now at a stage where we're so close to getting funding from the IDC to to set up a, a, a granite factory that was gonna create 100 jobs locally. Um, and we were also in the process of actually setting up an FSP because we already had the license. So we're also moving towards the direction of setting up some sort of a funeral you know, uh, business uh, with, through the stones and the police and stuff. Okay, lessons learned is the, is the power of always looking for a way out. You must always look for a comeback, if I may call it that. Because when I left, I left the business, you know, because of partnerships, when there's money starting coming in, things didn't go right and stuff. Um, How could you have protected yourself to ensure that you're still in the business and the business grows in terms of those partnerships? That yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So I, I, I believe what could have helped there really was a... I don't think also we had the right agreements in place. You know, when you get into a business with a friend, you know, most of us, it's just, it's just a, a gentleman's agreement. We're doing this. There's no, there's no agreements in place. There's nothing in place, basically. It's just a matter of, okay, I know you, you know me. Let's do business together. Dangerous. Dangerous. Very dangerous. 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 So when I left, when I left Limpopo, um, it was because I wanted to come back this side so that I can find something that, I'm, la uh, that I'm, I'm passionate about, and that's when the Sales Matter business started. Because my question then was, what's next? What can I do that I love so much? And it was sales, okay? What can I sell? Maybe, because I was starting to get people approach me to say, how do you sell? We, we always, you, have, we, you are always posting some, something that you're selling and stuff. How are you doing it? So I thought, okay, maybe let's do something around sales. That's how I set up my, my business. It was first, it was first called, it was first called how to sell academy. Then we, we changed, we changed to sales matter. Your story is really fascinating. And I actually forgot 
a part of my story that's a little linked to yours. At some point, I used to sell coffin handles. Coffin handles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was big business. I just remember, oh my goodness, for a period of about a year, while I was working at Forbes, I sold coffin handles. Is and it? Yeah, because my friend and I discovered that it's actually big business. Um, there's a lot of coffin makers, but they have to source handles in bulk from somewhere. Ah, okay. And it's a business that I did without needing to go anywhere. We found a supplier that actually makes the coffin handles, which meant that we could buy them for cheaper. Yeah. So I'd literally be sitting at Forbes at work, get an order, just process the order online. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day, the, cof the coffin handles are delivered to me, and then I go and deliver to client. And it was actually good business. We're making about seven, 8,000 rand in profits per week without look at moving that. or look going at that. anywhere. It's just, look, look at that. It's just fascinating. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I, I, I want to add something to that. If there's one message I, I could share with the youth out there, is that find, find something to sell. Mm. Find something to sell, I promise you. Mm. Find something to sell. Look at that, coffin mm. handles. Yeah. There's always something you can sell, guys. There's, like, there's, just, yeah. there's just something. You, yeah. There's something that people need. Yeah. You just have to identify that thing, find where you can source it from, just sell it. There's and always something sell. to sell. 8,000 really 8, rands a week. A week, just chilling. That's 32K you know? a month. Listen. That's just chilling. And w with that, on top of that, we used to buy clothes from this lady who used to come through all the offices in Santon and she was selling clothes from the boot mm. of the car. And I always wondered, where does she get all those nice clothes? And I would ask her and she would refuse to tell me. And then I'm like, I'm going to do my research. And we looked around, <laughs> my friend and I looked around until we found the spot where she was <laughs> buying in downtown Joburg. And we started doing the same thing. So it was really just supplementing. For me, I used to do a lot for black techs. It's how I used to get my nice hair and nails and, you know, just yes. to supplement yes. income and make yourself a little bit more comfortable um there's always something <coughs> to sell that's really true can i also add to that mm -hmm. i want to add something to that i also feel like people out there must let go of the idea of i must do what i studied at school mm. people must let go of that right most of us are waiting for i've got an accounting degree you know i've got a law degree i've got a yeah. mechanical engineering degree mm. you, you must you must forget that Mm. And, and open your mind to other things. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? The, 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 most of those people I work with today and that I train are people who are doing totally, they've studied something totally different and now they're in sales and they're killing it. And most people are even saying, I'm glad I'm here. I don't think I was going to enjoy that compared to what, what I'm doing here. And also, I don't think I was going to earn what I'm earning here compared to what I, what I was going to earn there. So the people who can sell will always earn more. Will always earn more. So I, I really love that you're touching on sales like that. But a lot of young entrepreneurs would say, I've started a business and it's difficult to make sales. So because I see Access Genie is really a masterclass for entrepreneurs to learn about how they can grow their businesses. I'm going to throw in a case study yeah, let's go for to it. you so that we can solve it together. So after this, you need to be able to sell whatever product yeah. or service that you have in your business. So let's take, for example... This answer is worth millions. Worth millions this, because this, he charges for this. This answer, <laughs> this specific answer I'm going to give you now is, is, is worth millions. And I'm, I'm hoping someone is going to take it and make something out of it. Yeah, for sure. So let's use this case study. Uh, a young chef has really come from chef school and they want to open their own restaurant. Yeah. 
They found good location. They've built a good website. They've got great food. And everything is in place for them to start getting customers in yeah, the door. Yeah. But they're struggling to get customers outside friends and family. And even with that, they're finding that friends and family don't always support. Yeah. They're even, even struggling to get friends and family into the business. What steps should they take first to start getting their first, say, 100 customers? Okay, so... To be a salesperson, you must be a marketing genius, right? And I remember sitting with my coach the other day. He said to me, we're now at a time where, number one, it's so easy to actually make money. We're living in a time where it's so easy to make money. Yeah. Do you know what's makes it, what's, what makes it easy? Internet. And social media, to be specific. I've got a feeling that the majority of people out there don't use social media to their benefit. They don't fully leverage on social media. How did you find me? Social media. Social media. Mm. And what did you do? You reached out. You reached out. Yeah. You found me on Insta, right? Mm. Look at that. You didn't know me. I didn't know you. We didn't have to meet in person. But you, what did you see on my Insta? You, you saw my sales videos, isn't it? You saw something I was doing around sales. And you reached out. So that's, that's that what I personally believe people need to do. They, they, they need to be able to put their brands out there. They must be able to communicate the messages out there. right? They must be able to get to a point where they're comfortable and confident to really you know, give customers a reason why they should try them out. That's the first thing. Marketing is essential. And don't be shy. I used to think marketing is expensive. So how do they do this? In this instant, they've got a restaurant and they want to get their initial 100 clients step by step to get those 100 clients. Are they creating content? How are they becoming this marketing genius? Okay, perfect. So what, so the first thing I would do in that situation, I would host, I would host a, a, a group of people uh, at a minimal fee, right? I would host a couple of people I would give them what I call the experience. You want to first give people the experience. You want to give, give people a taste of what to expect. So I'll, I'll invite you know, the type of people I want to do business with, the type of clients I would like to have at my, at, at my restaurant. If I'm aiming for executives, whatever, I would say, guys, on this day I'm hosting um, an event where I'll give it an experience to my, to my restaurant. This is what we're serving. Um, the fee is going to be this. Right? Can you please come through? And once they're there, I'll actually get, I'll film that entire experience. Right? And once that's done, I would actually get to a point where I get the people to share the experience of what they've, what they thought about the food. And once that's done, I would create a communication platform where now I engage these people, but I would also create a situation where I now start using my customers as my you know, my, my advocates. The best marketing tool for your business is your customers. And something happens with customers is that most people will give you a chance the first time just to experience you. And this is the mistake salespeople make. Salespeople think my relationship with the customer ends when they buy. But that's, that's when it starts. 
before you buy, we haven't started anything. We're still engaging, right? Okay, we started something, but it's not really solid. But once you buy from me for the first time, now I have to protect that. Now I have to lock you in. Right? And the best way to lock you in is to ensure that I, I become obsessed about serving you. About making you happy. Because once I get you excited and happy, then you come back. And once you come back, you start to trust me and like me. And once you trust me and like me, you start referring me to your network. There's this place, wherever, best experience, go try it out. So, you've got these people that you're inviting for this experience. They're liking your food. At the end, they're sharing what they thought about the food. What we want to do now is to start leveraging on those relationships with these guys. Create some sort of a, an engagement platform where you now... You know, uh, I'll give an example in our business. We just we just finished our sales matter app now, where it's it's, it's going to have a CRM component, not to annoy people, but to keep our customers engaged about what we're going to do next. You know, uh, keep them you know posted on our next events, all this type of things. So I personally believe that it should be something that is so intimate that you communicate with your clients, right? When when you, when, when you have something exciting. You, 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 you communicate with them, but let me add another important part to how, what, what must then happen from this, from, from this point. Create loyalty programs and reward systems for your customers. Why do most of us go back to a Starbucks? Why do we do that? It's because I know that I'm likely going to get my 10th coffee for free. Right? So create some sort of a loyalty program for, for, your, for your clients um, we've seen this situation where restaurants are, it doesn't have to be like a Wiki Wednesday type of situation, it doesn't have to be a Wiki Wednesday situation, but you want to have those nights, those intimate nights with, with your customers, you want to give them the best experience. For example, I like going to the, to the, to the Daruma restaurant by Oskido in, in Waterfall. Um, they've got this thing of, I think it's couples nights every Wednesday, right? And it's so intimate, it's, it's, and that's why I, I keep going back. So you also want to create those intimate moments with your clients. So get your marketing right. Get them feeling good about you know, the experience around them. Create a platform to communicate with them. Keep them engaged. Use them to drive marketing for your business. And they can, they can only do so if you start maintaining that relationship with them. Temba, we, 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 we've seen that you know, for the past two months, you've actually been visiting our restaurant and staff. We'd like to offer you an extra meal at no cost. This one is going to be on us. Because you want to make it, you, you want to make it exciting as well, right? Bring your friends. This is gonna happen. Bring your friends. We're gonna reward you in the following way. Bring your friends. You'll get a bottle of wine at no cost. Whatever the case might be. And 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 and, and the most important thing, like I've said, when it comes to uh, maintaining those customer relationships, is ensuring that you give them the best service. Because what happens when customers bad service? When customers get bad service? They leave. They don't come back. So don't just be excited about how many customers we have. Also, start paying attention to do our customers come back? Or it was just a once-off interaction with us and all these type of things. Is this leading us somewhere? For sure. I really love this conversation because 
I think one of the missed opportunities when people are building businesses is being client focused yeah. and thinking too much about the bottom line and not really how the customer experience is like. Uh, a few startups think about even journey mapping before they start the businesses yeah. where you don't even know when, which are your client's pain points when you ask somebody on your platform or your website before people book how, what do they behave like? How is their behavior? And what does that tell you about the experience that you're giving them on your platform? Because I might want to book it, a seat for my husband and I at this particular restaurant, but at some point, I end up logging off and going elsewhere where a business doesn't even understand why I'm choosing to go elsewhere than at your, uh, on, on your, at, uh, at your establishment. So that journey mapping and being customer-centered is really key. And just understanding your insights. The I think that's definitely. one thing that we really miss. When people build websites, it's just for the sake of building your website. Yet a, business, a website is there to give you valuable insights to help you grow your business and reach your targets and even surpass them. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a question in my mind mm. that it's asked, but I haven't answered. When I was at university, I didn't tell you what I studied. Right? Info. I know. Okay. <laughs> I know everything. <laughs> but tell our audience because they okay. don't know. Okay. So, so, so when I was at university, I actually started with multimedia. My, my, my degree was multimedia. That's what I, that's, that's what I did when I, when I got to the University of Pretoria. Um, I didn't like ComSci. I didn't like programming. So I didn't have those, like, I didn't have the, like, like that background from, from, from high school and stuff. So it was a little bit you know, too much for me. I switched to information science. What information science is, it includes information and knowledge management, it includes marketing, it includes business management, it includes uh, competitive intelligence. So you can think of all those, you know, um, what do you call it? There's a word I'm looking for. Disciplines. Disciplines, thank you. You can think of those disciplines combined, what, what comes out of that. But the core purpose of this qualification is how to leverage on your data. And I remember when I was doing my final year, Prof. Achidik uh, actually put us into, into groups. And he said, I want you guys to think of a business that you can start as part of the qualification. What business can you start that speaks to your, what you are studying? Right? And he said... I have to tell you though that so many students, I know I know of some students actually that were in this in this in this class that actually took this business they 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 actually started here in this class and make it a business out there. So you guys think about it. So yeah, my friends and I will come up with a business that actually you know you know address the 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 data gap, but mostly from a market research perspective to say if you have a business wanting to tap into market, we can assist with like those. Uh, you know, market insights. We can, we can, you know, uh, source your primary data, secondary data, and create a story for you to say, if you're looking to establish, get enter into new markets, here's the insights that you need for you to be able to uh, tap into that. But when we graduated, we didn't go ahead with that business, because at the time, we didn't really understand it. We were not exposed to the world. It was just a classroom thing. You see what I'm saying? We were not exposed to the world to say, actually, there's a need out there. So later in life, Here's this thing coming back to me to say, actually, what we're doing in class is actually what sales matter should be. I'm now speaking to the, your, 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 your point around 
um, websites and insights and all this type of things. And in October, we're hosting a workshop for marketing professionals on how to drive marketing in the age of data, right? The challenge here for most businesses is we are not, and I'll, 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 I'll take you back to what I said when we started. We're not doing what? We're not paying attention. As businesses, we're not paying attention. We're not paying attention of our customers. We're not paying attention of what they're saying. The case study, the person that owns that restaurant, the chef, one of the things that the chef must do is to always get customer reviews at the end of everything, right? When a customer leaves that restaurant, they must leave a review. There must be a platform where that, where platform that that's collecting customer feedback. Did we meet your expectation this time? If yes, thank you. If no, what can we improve? No, I didn't like the, you know, uh, the time we had to wait before we get our food. We didn't like how the waiter, the waitress, you know, interacted with us, all this type of thing. Because you, you're then going to use that data, that feedback to improve. And this is how now you, you keep your customers. You see what I'm saying? Was the food nice? All these type of things. So I believe this age of data is actually a very essential one for businesses to really start taking seriously because without paying attention and listening to our clients, we'll always get sales, but won't sustain those sales. So we're always running this recycling machine where we get people, they leave, we look for them, they leave, we get people, they leave. It's like an endless loop. And as a business, you don't want that, especially in, in this era that we're in right now. Which era are we in? The competition era. You can't afford to lose clients right now because everyone is gunning for the same client. Everyone is gunning for the same client. People, businesses, your competitors are coming for your customers. You can't get comfortable, which means you, you really need to put in the effort to get your customers happy. So that even when someone comes and says, oh, you know what, I don't feel like moving. Where I am, I'm still fine. But most of us, when sh should someone approaches us right now, we jump because what I'm getting there, ooh, right? So let me rather go see what you have that side type of a thing. You see, you see my point? So this age of competition, it calls for entrepreneurs, businesses to really pay attention to their clients as a way to keep them. Mm. Even for born salesmen like yourself, selling is tough. It's it's not easy for for many people. And I'm sure in your journey, you've also encountered some setbacks or struggles in the sales front. Can you share a story um, that has happened to you that way? Like, okay, this here, I've been knocked down to the knees. A moment where selling was hard for me was when I didn't know what, what I was doing. If I put it if I may put it like that. If it if you try to do something that you don't know how to do it, it, it becomes frustrating. And I'll give an, a practical example. It, it was when I was studying multimedia, that computer science and 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 programming is a typical example. It became hard for me because it was my first time doing it. Right? And I didn't exactly know what I was doing. I was just kind of figuring things out. Until you get to a point where you understand something, it becomes easier. 
So now, the question around my story and you know, selling becoming hard and all these type of things, I personally believe that the people who are finding sales to be extra challenging for, for them is because they haven't mastered how to do it right. They're just kind of trying. And a person who knows how to do, do sales and do something right is someone that, if you ask them, can you do what you've, you've just, you, you just did again? And they're able to repeat it. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying every time you approach clients, they'll just buy from because you've mastered this formula. There's reasons why people, why people don't buy. They don't buy because they already have a service provider. They don't buy because you know they've they've built relationships with other people, and that's now the second part of selling. What people should master, you must master the art of building relationships. What's making sales hard today is also competition, like I've said, because the market is is competitive. You have to give customers like a reason. You have to give them a big reason why they should go for you, why they should mm -hmm. go with you, why they should drop wherever. It's currently taking care of them, and they must go. And they must go with you. So, like I'm saying, for me, it wasn't a matter of it wasn't a matter of I'm struggling because you know sales generally is, selling is hard. It was mainly because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to speak to customers. I didn't know how to present myself. I didn't know how to you know, articulate my value proposition. I, I didn't know so many things. And I think it also comes back to knowing what your business is about. Because sometimes entrepreneurs even struggle to say, this is what we're about and speak about it confidently because you don't say it enough outwardly. You just assume because I say I'm in marketing or in photography or in, in the service space, people are going to know what it is what, what it is that you yeah. do. And just knowing your story and knowing it well and knowing exactly what you do makes it easier to sell the business because everybody can understand through you telling your story what it is that you actually do. Do you know what sells also? Mm -hmm. Do you know what sells? Mm -hmm. Confidence sells. Confidence sells. And you can't get confident if you don't know your story. No. You can't get confident if you don't know your story. There's because what do you say? Th there's a couple mm -hmm. of people I like, really, who demonstrate so, so much confidence. Someone like Bonang, for example. I like Bonang because she speaks with confidence. She knows herself. You know? And this is why she's a salesperson. Bonang's a salesperson. In fact, I'm going to approach Bonang. Maybe the next time I host my sales workshop, she must come and, 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 and facilitate with me. <laughs> mm. Because Bonang is a salesperson. And people think maybe being a salesperson, it just means being, uh, selling this book, selling this water. Being a salesperson also means the ability to sell yourself. Because people buy you first. Before you, before you, you buy my book, you're going to buy me first. Oh, this guy, you know, he's sure about his, himself. He's sure about what he's doing. He's confident about the things that he's doing. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me bu then buy his book and hear exactly what he's saying in the book. Mm -hmm. But if I'm talking about my book and selling, ah, you know, selling is, selling is hard, selling is, you know, selling is this, selling is difficult, selling is, you're not going to buy my book, come on. You're not. Mm -hmm. So you have to have the ability to sell yourself first. Sell yourself. Convince me that you are the one. Yeah, and we're living in, in the world of this idea around creating businesses of shared value, 
within the company, the employees, the communities that you serve or the communities that you form a part of. What role does empathy then play when it comes to sales? Because I know, especially during COVID-19, if I'm to use my PR business as an example at Rallinka Media, we had some clients who went through difficult times whose industries were heavily impacted by COVID. For example, in the alcohol space, right? Where alcohol is banned, it means there's nothing that's coming in for, for those clients. And those people are clients. However, now they can sell. Then there was now a huge room for empathy where we had to also take a step back and be empath empathetic to the situation and what they, they were going through. How do you balance empathy in the sales business and reaching your targets and your goals because there needs to be some sort of balance and you can't always be pushing and calling back and saying, this is what's supposed to happen. Yeah. So the answer is, is a simple one. It's called win-win. Mm. That's the simplest answer I can Seven give. Habits of Highly Effective People. If you haven't read that book, it's really amazing. Yeah. He really talks about that a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's all about win-win. Create a win-win. Yeah. Can you walk people through who don't understand the win-win mentality or what the, that book specifically talks about? If, what if, it means? If, if I'm not helping you win as my customer, mm. as my customer, I'm not winning myself. Because my win is going to be short term. I will win you for now, but I won't sustain that relationship. And this is what sales has, has been. And this is how people still practice sales. They're manipulative in their nature. They short, you know, short side minded if, if, I, if I put it like that. They're interested in just, let me get the sale for now because I'm hungry. I need something to actually keep me going type of thing. But you have to, I think when you talk about empathy, sympathy and all these type of things, it speaks to understanding where my customers are, right? And if you can see really that I'm misleading people here, I, I, I don't believe in that as a person, not even as a salesperson, but as a person, my values don't allow me to take advantage of people. You see what I'm saying? And understand, you know, some businesses, some people out there, some people may not, may not agree with me when it comes to this one because they say, never lose the opportunity to close the deal. Never lose the opportunity to make money, all these type of things. Sometimes you have to lose it because you have to look at the person and say, this is not the time to sell. This is, I, lose I just it. need to be an ear. Or I need to offer advice or whatever it is in that particular moment. Sometimes I lose the money, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I lose the money. Maybe... I lose the money, it's not the right word. Sometimes I... Invest. I'm, there's a word I'm looking for, yeah. which I can't find. Yeah. I don't take the money now, but mm. but it comes later. Your seed. I, yeah, I plant a seed. Like, like you know, those, those, type, of, those type of words, mm. definitely. Mm. You know, sometimes I plant the seed. Yeah. And I, I'm open-minded to say, okay, you know what? This is not the time. Let me plant the seed here. Because what happens when you eat the seed? That, that time you're just eating the seed. Because once you destroy that relationship, they never come back. But once you plant that seed, it now, you know, becomes something that feeds you for a lifetime. You see what I'm saying? That tree feeds you for a lifetime, but you only plant it once. You don't have to plant every year. So I think for me that win-win is key. Create a win-win situation with your customers. Understand, is your win their win? I, I believe business and sales should be a fair exchange. You should, you should be paying me for the value that I bring, and I should be taking your money 
you know, I should be taking your money for 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 for, for the for the value that it brings, but also you must be taking you must be paying for my 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 solution, my product, because it will do exactly what I've what I said. Mm. But in in business in general, it's also easy to become deflated when it seems like you are working hard, but the wheel is turning very slowly and you're knocking on the doors and it it gets difficult. Earlier you spoke about the idea of confidence and having that self-belief. But it's not always easy for some people, especially because we are born in a continent and in a world where we're taught to shrink ourselves and we are seen as other and we're taught you don't look somebody in the eye, you have to be quiet, speak softly, don't be too loud, don't be too flamboyant. So from the time when we're young, we're taught to weaken ourselves and not to be as big and as powerful as we are. How do you advise young entrepreneurs who struggle with that too? change their mindset and what steps should they take to be able to unlearn those things that we've been raised with and we've been taught to be to become this new true self that is within you yeah i'm going to answer the question in in two ways the, the first way i'm going to talk about how i did it myself i'm going to talk about how i did it right if there's one thing that actually well, not one thing, but if there's, a, if there's a major thing that really made me what I am today. It's three things. Right? Number one is having a mentor. Number two is attending master classes, workshops, seminars. And number three is reading books. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of, of the three. Different books. It can be a book about communication, how to communicate. It can be a book around how to, how to, how to build your brand. Right? It's a book on how to build relationships. I read a book, in, I think in 2014, called How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's a book I read. One of my favorites. I, love I loved it. that book so yeah. much. I love that book so much, and I, I believe that book really contributed to what I am today. So you don't just wake up one morning and say to you know, I'm I'm now going to sp speak loud when I talk to people. <laughs> I'm gonna start looking people in the eye when when you know it's a it's a process that I believe a person should go through, and 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 having the ability to have someone give you feedback, and that, that's the role of a mentor now to say, look, Tamba, I think. When I, every time I interact with you, I see you lacking here. I think maybe improve on those areas. The quality of your questions. You don't ask the right questions, because some people struggle with asking the right questions, especially in sales. So, so maybe you need to work on what questions to ask and how to ask them. How you present yourself. How you sit. When you're talking to people, maybe you need to work on that. Is that confidence thing? You see what I'm saying? And there's a fine line, and, and people maybe can still somewhat confuse the two. There's a, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. I, I personally believe maybe the story you shared about how we grow up, maybe what they were trying to teach us is not, was not to be arrogant. And, 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 and maybe it, it kind of seemed like it was not to be confident. 
but but the teaching when i think about it now it seems to me like it was teaching us to be humble as a as a person being humble does not mean that you're not confident about yourself being hum, being humble means you're not arrogant you're not an arrogant person you see what i'm saying so you can, you, you can be so much you can have so much confidence without being arrogant. This is why even today people still label some as being arrogant when they're actually just confident about themselves. Do you get my point? So, so, so the issue here, I don't think is confidence. The issue is, is arrogance. I'm confident, but I don't think I'm arrogant. I'm not an arrogant person. You see, you see what I'm saying? So for, for someone really who's struggling with these things, I definitely think we all need... The, the thing is, we, we cannot go through life without having other people help us in a form of mentors, in a form of coaches. And it always puzzles me whenever I hear someone says they don't have a mentor, they don't have a coach, because I don't understand how they're planning to do life. I don't, I, like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. If a person doesn't have a coach or a mentor at least, it says to me, you want to do life the hard way. That's what it, that's what it means. You want to do it the hard way. Not to say you're having a coach and a mentor is not going to be challenging, but at least they help, they help you minimize certain mistakes, help you overcome challenges, you know? You see, you see what I'm saying? So a mentor is someone who is going to somewhat help you not to make a silly mistake. You will still make certain mistakes, which is, which is what and how we grow. But there's some mistakes which are just, are just so silly. You don't have to make this mistake. I made it. Don't make it again. And for me, possibly that's what I needed when I started my business because I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a mentor. That's why I made so many mistakes. I made mistakes. And someone can argue and say, yeah, but those mistakes shaped you. Yes, to some extent, but I don't think some mistakes were necessary. We can't go live and say, I want to make my own mistakes. You know, As long as it's not mine, I'm not going to learn from it. Because you can. You don't have to learn from your own mistakes. You can learn from other people's mistakes. Do you get my point? Mm -hmm. So true. Talking about books and the importance of reading and mentorship, I think sometimes just reading other people's writing is a form of mentorship, right? Yeah. Because people can mentor you from afar. For example, for me, Oprah is one of my mentors, and I've never met her in my life, never spoken to her in my life, but yeah. I read her writing, I listen to her speak, and yes. it, it, it teaches me so much. And I think your book, South Smarter, in itself is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a form of mentorship. If you haven't gotten this book, please make sure you do, because there's so many lessons here. Can you yeah. talk to us a little bit about the kind of things that people would learn from this book, and also a selling and branding and marketing thing I like about this is that it is actually the name of your business. Yeah, the so the, the book yeah. is Sell Smarter, the business is Smell Smarter, you are smarter <laughs> for making the smart decision. Talk to us about what kind of things people can learn from this incredible book. Okay, so I might get into trouble with my, with my, with, with my fellow Christians. Um, why? Because how I start the book there, I talk about Jesus being a salesperson, right? <laughs> so, and what I mean by that is, if you think about, if you think about Jesus, everything he did was to give people promises, and which he delivered to. It's one thing to make a promise; it's another to deliver to that, right? Follow me; I'll make you a fisher of men. Yeah, 
You remember that one? Mm-hmm. What is that? That's a, that's a sales pitch. Do this. This is going to happen. And this is why I'm saying there's a fine line. I might get into trouble with my, with my oh, no, but this guy now, how can you just as an example and stuff? Keep an open mind, please. Right? Because there's, 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 there's lessons we can learn here. Second thing, Jesus never gave clear answers. Well, maybe not never. He hardly. Spoke in parables. He spoke in parables. Yeah. He spoke in parables. You ask a question and he says, imagine. You know, you ask a question, his answer was, <laughs> was imagine. Just give me the answer. I don't want to imagine. Give me the answer, right? But you would realize that the minute he gives you those parables, then you start to think. And you start to see the bigger picture. And you start to understand exactly why this thing is important. And sometimes customers need that. Instead of them, instead of you giving them an answer, you wanna you wanna you wanna give you wanna answer with a parable with a, with a, <laughs> with a story that, that's going. Uh, can you help us with our sales? What can we do to grow our sales? Type of a thing, you know. You wanna you wanna imagine their business now in Africa. You wanna imagine their business now in the in the world, taking over the world. Type of a thing, right? For the guys who don't wanna maybe burn a little bit of cash on marketing. Imagine a business operating all over the world. How does it feel like? How does it look like? Are you saying to me this ten thousand rand is gonna be, this ten thousand rand is gonna be the reason your business will not operate in the UK, in Africa, in China, just because of this ten k that we are saying you need to invest for your marketing? No, it can't be, right? So the things that people will learn from there really is, <laughs> is, is stuff around that. Um, the first chapter, you know, talks so much around relationship management, how to build relationship with customers, which is what sales is today. You need to build, you need to have your people. Everyone has their own people. You must have your people. So chapter one mainly talks about that, right? Um, people are going to learn from the book the power of positive mindset because I'm big on mindset. You see what I'm saying? You talked about sales being hard, selling being hard. But I also believe that when you nurture resilience as a person, Nothing stops you. I say in the book, the biggest battle that you must win first is the one in your mind. That's the biggest battle. Before you are fighting with the next person or fighting with the world and everything, you are first fighting with your thoughts. You are, you are fighting with what's, whatever's going on here. But once you win that, right? Once you win this, nothing in the world stops you. So those are some of the things which I personally believe people are going to learn from the book. They're going to learn how to master the art of closing sales. They're going to learn how to overcome customer objections. They're going to learn how to ask questions. They're going to learn how to, you know, uh, do their sales planning, goal setting, which is very important. Because uh, sometimes we just do things as they come. I don't have a goal for myself. People are going to learn from the book how to organize themselves. Because most of us are... We're scattered everywhere. And the first rule for personal success, business success, and entrepreneurship is to organize yourself. Self-leadership. 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 You must have the ability to lead yourself. Without that, it's really, really hard to lead anyone out there, lead anything out there, grow anything out there. If yourself are not aligned, you're not in order, you're, you, are, you are chaos. You are, you are chaos, if I may use that 
harsh word. So organize yourself. But I also believe what's important for you, you learn the importance of investing in yourself. When I say investing in yourself, I'm not talking about your shoes. I'm not talking about that holiday you know, you want to go to. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about investing in, in you as a person, investing in your thinking. Taking the time to say, this time, this next two hours is my time to, 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 to listen to opera. <laughs> right? It's my time to read opera's book. It's my time to do this. It's my time to ask those critical questions. Because most of us, we hardly get to a point where we stand in the mirror and ask the question, am I still going into the right direction? You don't pause and reflect, pause and ponder on certain things, on my activities. Am I still focusing on the important activities? Am I still doing the things that are going to advance me to my next level? Or I'm just always on the, on the go. I'm just constantly on the rush to do something. You see what I'm saying? So there's practical lessons, really. When we talk about sales, it's not just about the ability to sell something. It's also about the ability to you know, create order, think right, speak well, you know, all these type of things. Where sales, all these things, then they bring a salesperson. They make a salesperson. How to build a relationship with a customer. Some, some, some people I, I see, I, I just shift from one company now that I was doing business with, I went to another company. These guys, they didn't, they didn't even notice. No one ever called me to say, we see you, 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 you stopped coming to do this thing with us. What's, what's, what's going on? They're they quiet. Mm. And I know for a fact that it's because they don't know that I left. Mm. Why? Because they're not talking to me. They're not engaging me, all this type of things. So that's what people learn from the book. Yeah. And as you're talking that, I, I'm, I'm reminded of the story I heard um, the, CEO of, the CFO of, um, he's actually the chief revenue officer at Prime Media, Odlinda, saying that... Uh, he used to live in the U.S. and he was subscribed to Netflix. And at the time, there wasn't Netflix in Africa. It was moving back home in, in, in South Africa. So he had to cancel his subscription. And he said, within five minutes, Netflix had called him to say, we see that you've canceled your subscription with us. Why are you leaving us? What is the reason uh, for, your, for your unsubscribing? And then he said, listen, I'm moving back home and you guys are not there. And then they were like, okay, we are actually working on expanding into Africa. Uh, would it be okay for us to reach out to you when that happens? And like, sure, sure, sure. Exactly. And they even said to him, when we do, you're going to get a lifetime 20% discount on the service because you've been a great customer with us, blah, 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 blah. And imagine two months before they came into Africa, he was the first people they informed. Uh, we mentioned to you that we'll be moving to Africa. We are available now in South Africa in the next two months and our offer still stands. And now he is a subscriber for Netflix for life just because of that customer That's relationship. That's how business should be done. And knowing that this... My customer is leaving, and I know why they're leaving, and how do I keep them hooked That's how business in the should be business? Done. That's how business yeah. should be done. Again, paying attention. Paying attention. I think that's the exactly. biggest theme yeah, of this attention. conversation, paying attention. Maybe we must, we, must, we must title this pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole topic and conversation on its own, really, around paying attention, because it's really important. When we close off this 
conversations with our Access Genie podcast, we like to do something that we call Fast Five. Fast Five. Fast Five. We okay. ask you five questions that you need to answer in one word or sentence. So feel free to give me a sentence whenever you want to. Is so, it timed? It's not timed. When we say it's fast, just five. fast Five. Okay. It's just fast. I thought maybe, I thought maybe it's like a five seconds. No, no. It's tap, not five. Okay. It's fine. You it's fine. Take your time to think. We were really big on uh, people taking their time to think because the answers need to be invaluable they need to be like huge right okay it um, could be fun though if you were like doing it in five seconds but anyway <laughs> do it in five seconds if you want to you can do it in five seconds if you sure, want to okay, so it's five five it. uh, so in our five five our first question for you would be what is the biggest sales mistake that most entrepreneurs make the biggest sales mistake uh most entrepreneurs make uh not putting the customers first they put themselves first they put their product first the social first not like not the customer first mm. uh Three best tips for a great sales team? Protect your mind. That's the first thing. Concentrate, protect your mind. Look for ways to improve. Evaluate yourself at the end of each day. What mistake did I make today? What was my win? What uh, contributed to that? Um, number three, I would say never stop going. Resilience. Resilience. That's amazing. I love it when you talk about resilience because without resilience, you're nothing. You, you, you're easily swayed by yeah. small things that yeah. happen to you and, and happen around you. What does success mean to you today and how has that definition changed over time? Mm. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting one. I, I believe because we evolve as a, as, as a people, right? And what success was for me when I was at university, it's not what it is today. Success at university meant, actually, you, know, you said one, 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 one sentence, right? Mm -hmm. Success at, at university meant graduating and finding a job. That could be a success for that, that particular moment. I have a son. Success, when, once I have, once, after I had my son, part of my success was being, you know, uh, b being a responsible father a father who cares to look after my son and provide for him, build a good future for him, right? Now that we're expanding our business really into Africa, success, what success for me right now is looking like is in the next two years, if we actually uh, manage to set up in these in this nine countries, that will be a tick for us as part of what the success is at this, at, at this point. But I mean, summing everything up together, I, I personally believe that success is about the ability to set yourself you know, um, a packet list, if I, if I may call it that, and constantly take that and ask yourself, what's next? Mm, what's next? What's next? <laughs> if you were to have one conversation with one historical figure, who would you choose and why? Mm. There's a lot of these people, man. Like, 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 like there's a lot of these people, you know? Let's go to the next question. While you think, let me think that, about this that's one. That's great. Let me think not about this problem, one. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. What are the key principles that drive your sales strategy? Okay, key principles which really drive the strategy is definitely uh, your customer management variables. You know the experience on each customer touch points, the customer, the, the customer journey, whatever touch points in there that needs to be enhanced. And it's definitely uh, targets, goals, and constantly they need to improve that. So your strategy actually has to, you know, uh, 
include all this, right? So um, I could maybe add the last point in there, which is constantly monitoring and evaluation. Because at the end of the day, we need to ask the question, what's working, what's not working? You see what I'm saying? It's it's your 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 previous question is definitely going to <laughs> <laughs> We can we can take some water while you think about I it. I can give you the answer. Okay. I can Do you want me to ask it again? Yeah, you can you okay. can definitely ask it again. So if you were to have a conversation with one historical figure, who would you choose and why? I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for Solomon Matlango. And most people will be surprised. Say, so, but why not going for someone who's in business and stuff? So I loved, I loved his belief in, in, in what he did. I loved, I loved his belief in himself. And for me, I, I feel like that's one person that really stood up for something and also was not, you know, sh was not shaken to even at, at the final moment to say, this is what I believe in. And if I'm going to be executed for this, then so be it. And I, I believe that maybe that's how all of us should be up when it comes to ourselves when it comes to our goals and dreams, you must be so firm about it to say, it's life or death type of a situation. I die here. I, I die at this thing. If my life ends here, so, <laughs> so be it. Genies, you heard it from the sales king himself. Believe in yourself and pay attention to your customers first and whatever their behaviors are. Thank you so much for watching. And I hope you all go and get yourself a copy of Sell Smarter by Temba Ngona. Enjoy your day. From the Cliffside Boutique Getaway, this podcast is for all entrepreneurs, leaders, and genies who are looking to learn from those who walked the path to success. Thank you so much for your support and stay tuned to more Access Genie. New episodes drop every Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course on YouTube. Follow us on social media and share this podcast with your friends and your family so they too can be empowered. I hope you're living with a newfound source of energy to go after that life that you want. Good luck.